We are here back with another episode on toddler discipline in the toddler discipline series. And we're going to talk a little bit about your little helpers and toddler tantrum throwers and how you can handle the day-to-day life with them that much better. Today, we are covering specifically two-year-olds. Can't wait to get into it. Let's get started. Thank you for joining us for the Mindful Muslima Speaks podcast. I am your host, Mindful Muslima, and we are back with another episode in the parenting series. For those of you who are not familiar, we are doing a toddler quote-unquote discipline series where we're going over how you can kind of change your mindset, get some tools, and get some like ease and less stress in your life on a day-to-day basis with these tools and resources for one-year-olds to four-year-olds. And in between the series, no worries if you're not a parent, we are putting in some bonus episodes with some really great stuff. We just had actually a bonus episode on how to beat the emotional overwhelm, like exactly how to do it in four steps. And then I gave, or four tips, and then I gave a bonus tip in there. So definitely check out the episode before this when you're done with this. If you're a parent or if you're not a parent, go check it out now. And either way, I am like over the moon, guys, with the announcement I'm about to make. I just made this announcement on Facebook. I just made it on Instagram. If you haven't already heard it, I'm going to tell it to you now. There's only one thing better than my family's favorite recipe, which is Moroccan couscous. And it was handed down to us by a family friend, but loaded with farm fresh veggies, fluffy and flavorful couscous, and the richest and most decadent broth you've ever imagined. Well, let me tell you, was just a little bit better than that. Um, it all began when I actually discovered one night after I felt like I was like the only firefighter in town taking my 25th call from a sister in need. No joke. And I put the phone down and I put my head in my hands and I literally said, why in the world is there nowhere for Muslim women to get answers? So that night I went to bed. I made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show me a way to help women and give them the tools that they need and to bring us all together for the sake of Allah. Now I went to bed like usual. The earth didn't shake and I wasn't lifted to the heavens or anything. But that week I got an incredible idea to take my 20 years of experience in education, my experience serving all the Muslim women over all those years in the community and hearing about their needs and desires and to create something absolutely incredible by the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now here's exactly like what I had in mind, what I wanted in this amazing thing that I was going to make. A treasure trove, aka a library of videos and lessons on the topics women need and love like, like, I don't know, health, weight loss, inspiration, organization, self-care, motivation, love and marriage, parenting, homeschooling, you name it, it's in there. Then also free monthly workshops so women can skill up and get clarity and support. I was also thinking of this like vault of free resources and an absolutely global community of like-minded sisters that um, could deeply connect with each other on topics that they care about. Now, this is a combination of born Muslims and reverts. There is no divide. Like we're all harmoniously working together, right? And also the chance to get some free 30-minute private consultations. Like if they needed some like private phone calls, I get it. The emergency phone calls, life happens. You just want some advice. So I had dreamt up all this. And guess what, guys? The Global Village of Mindful Muslima is about to open in August, inshallah, and I'm literally 
coming to you right now in this podcast to let you know that I just released the application to get on the waiting list to get in. Now, if you go to the show notes, when you're done with this episode, you click in, you will be able to get on the waiting list, inshallah, bismillah ta'ala. And I just want to let you know that um, get your spot now if you can, because spots are limited for founding members. And I'll be talking a bit more about founding members later, but I want you to know that this is real. I actually made this global village. It's there and it's got some really, really deep ways for us to connect. And I'm very excited. I'm going to grow this starting this year and over the years with you. We're just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're going to find this hub of information and women just like you just trying to th- like thrive and, and, and be the best version of themselves. So I'm really, really excited. And this dream now, alhamdulillah, is a reality. So definitely if you can, um, after this episode, get on that waiting list, inshallah, business, ta'ala, before the spots are gone. All right, so let's talk about today with toddler. And by the way, so like I'll have tons of parenting stuff in there. And when I said free workshops, I'm gonna have um, moms come on and teachers and all different people come on and do workshops for you guys from all over, especially for parenting, since that's the topic of today. On other stuff too, but you get what I mean. So today we're going to start with a mindset shift. And then we're going to talk about kind of a list of what's going on with your child right now, now that they're two. And then we're going to go into some discipline tools for some common issues that women tend to go through, including the dreaded no, which I'm sure you have all heard by now, right? So we're going to get into that now. And first, I really, really need to touch on the mindset shift. By the way, if you are new to this series, you might want to go back. We've done two already. Go back to the one about um, how to be an amazing Muslim parent. It's just like two back. You'll see it. Um, skip the bonus one, but you'll that's not part of it. You'll see it. It's in there. So today, I want you to understand for the mindset shift that you're basically in charge. Your job as a mom is clarifying expectations and empathizing with your child's emotion every day, okay? The empathy comes from how to deal with the tantrums. If you are not aware on how to deal with tantrums, like I mentioned in the previous podcast, I have an entire podcast and a downloadable on the three steps to handling toddler tantrums. I'm not going to go into that too deeply here because I already have an entire podcast and a downloadable. But inshallah ta'ala, once I have that that um, global village up, you'll also see videos and stuff on there um, as well with that. But right now, what I want you to understand about your child is they are incapable of seeing the world from your perspective. And this mindset shift is critical, guys, because this is where the stress lives. It lives in us not seeing things the way that they really are. So I just Hear me out a second. All behavioral issues will be resolved much quicker and more effectively if you first accept that your child will occasionally be disrespectful. All right, it's just going to happen. They're going to occasionally be ill-tempered and possibly physically aggressive. Put your ego aside. I had to do it for mine, okay? Have five kids. And then spend some more time learning to speak in a way your toddler can understand. We love to do these like long lectures where we stand up in front of them and they're just like, they've cut us out after just a couple words, guys. It just is not the age. It's not the um, the time for them, for, for us to do these things. Um, and so inshallah ta'ala, I want you instead. So what can we do instead of giving our long lectures or like telling them, stop, stop, no more, <laughs> like, right? Um, we're going to learn how to make our body a mirror. Yes, this is actually what they need instead. And this is like an amazing thing I wish, like I said, I knew with my kids, well, my first group of kids, because I have, like I said, five. And so, you know, you learn things as you go along. Make your body a mirror 
you're just going to verbalize what you see. So for example, let's pretend your child's in front of you like bawling their eyes out, like they just want something or they just need to do something or, or like they're just really frustrated and angry. Instead of being like, what are you doing? What's going on right now? Da, 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 you're going to do this instead. You are crying. Your hands are in fists. Like you're literally just going to be their mirror and show them what they are. Okay. And this is really important for them at that age because they need to hear that they need to know that we see them, that we see their frustration. It sounds crazy, but this is actually what will calm them down, all right? And then you're going to make a guess as to how your child is feeling and why they're feeling that way. You're the mom, so, I mean, sometimes I know as parents, we don't know exactly why they're upset. We have to ask them, and sometimes they mumble things, and we're like, what are you saying? But for the most part, no one's going to know them better than you, so, um, you know, do the best you can, right? And then... Um, you're going to basically make sure that the tone of your voice matches the emotion. You feel mad. You wanted to go and play, you know, with your cousin, didn't you? You're upset because you couldn't play with them because the car's broken. You know, like you're going to feel upset for them. That's what they want. As soon as you do that, you have their attention. You're, you might not realize it, like they might not show it. But they're starting to be like, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like they're they just need that from you, as opposed to like our like, you know, we can't go when the car's fixed, da, 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 da. Like they're not listening to that, guys. Not the age. If you're stressed out, maybe that's what you're doing. Okay. Instead, you're a mirror, right? I see that you're angry, your fists are clenched. Oh, you must be mad, you know? Like this. You're you're mad. You want to go to your cousins. You feel so angry. You're just telling them how they are. And that's about it. All right. Then this way feels weird to you, I'm sure, but it's it's going to be second nature after a while. And then after feeling completely understood, the toddlers, they tend to calm down. And then they're more receptive to listening to what else we have to say after that. Again, whatever it is, make it super short and child-friendly. We tend to nag and say long sentences on top of the other guys. Let's just be real. We have to learn how to cut. And I think I'm going to do something about 10 words or less in a minute. It might be in this podcast or the next. I have to go back and look through my notes. But um, the other thing I want you to understand is your two-year-old is not able to understand why they get upset or the best way to handle it. But they're definitely watching and learning from us. So the next part of the mindset shift I want to say is the incredible importance for us to get a hold of ourselves. Yeah. Okay, so what I learned after years and years of parenting and getting educated on this and like I said, and going to school and reading books and all that great stuff and working with women is in children, obviously thousands of children. It's the fact that um, we need to understand that our attitude is just as important as their attitude. We love to put it all on them, right? You need to do this. You know, we need to do this. What we need to understand is that we, when we lose our cool, especially in front of our child, we're sending them a direct message. And what is that message? When you get upset, you demonstrate your feelings by being out of control and aggressive. That's what we're teaching them. That is a tough one to undo later, especially when they become teenagers. You want to know why they have all that attitude. Like it's biologically going to come anyway. But oh, the icing on the cake. We're just 
thrown fuel to the fire with us modeling it for like 14 years before. Like, come on, guys. I'm dead serious. Take it from somebody who has parented many and spoken to many women who have fallen into this trap. Please do yourself and your whole family a favor. Get control of yourself. Now, if you're struggling to get control of yourself, I totally get that. Totally get that. That's why I made a bonus podcast on how to get control of the emotional overwhelm just before this one. So, Oh, I almost forgot. So right before I give you the tools, I'm going to tell you some new things that you're going to be noticing that your two-year-old can do right now, all right? We're going to list down a common um, – we're going to put a common list of things here that they're able to do that you'll start to notice if you haven't already, all right? So depending on their personality, their communication might be better now, right? If this is something I know – I'm not going to go into like the depth of speech and all that stuff like that because that is an entire other subject. But what I want to say is you're going to notice that their number of words have expanded and socially they are a bit self-absorbed and they tend to like side-by-side play, side-by-side play. So what that means is you might see like two two-year-olds sitting next to each other and not playing with each other. They're playing like by with themselves, but sitting next to each other. So they definitely like the social feeling of having others around them, but they're definitely a little bit more into themselves. They're a little bit more self-absorbed. Now this is going to change when we switch to three-year-olds. So um, just notice that that is a need that they have right now. And they're and so basically because of this, because they're like all into themselves, expecting them to share is unrealistic. Yeah, I'm going to say that again. Expecting them to share and take turns like good kids, quote unquote, is unrealistic at this stage of development. They're going to need help with that. And you can't get upset with them that they don't share and then equate that to them being like a bad Muslim or a bad child. All right. And that might help you right now that you just heard that because that might be your child's problem sharing. And you're like, gosh, I thought I just wasn't doing the right thing as a parent. No. Remember we talked about in the previous podcast that the child's brain is developing slowly over time. And there's certain parts of reasoning and rationing that is just not fully developed yet in the prefrontal cortex. So they can't do that yet. But it doesn't mean you're not going to like tell them to do it. You're just going to continue to encourage them. But if they don't do it yet, you're not going to get stressed out and upset. You're going to say, oh, you know, guess it's not time yet. We'll just keep trying. And that's about it. You're going to keep moving, all right? The other things that they can do is they're much more capable of taking care of their own needs. And I'm sure they're showing you that, right? So they don't want your help as often. They're they're using the no, right? No. And you know the really great thing um, about them at this point is they're starting to love the fact that they can use their muscles and their legs and their little arms so much better than before. And they're really aware that they can do so much more by themselves. Now, Montessori is great with this. And inshallah ta'ala also in the memory thing and like the global village thing I'm going to have. You're going to see that I'm going to have specialists come on. And one of them I already spoke to is a Montessori teacher in Shaltala. And we'll have a couple of different teachers from all over. But the point is, um, they're going to talk to you about how to do things and set up your house in different ways. And Montessori is really great about setting things up in a child-friendly way. So for example, um, kids are going to want to grab things. They're going to want to reach and grab for tons of stuff. So our natural inclination as parents is to be like, oh, don't give them anything they can touch. Put it up really high or put it away. Well, what I'm going to say about that again is the fact that I might have said this in the other podcast that Montessori is very familiar with the fact that they want and need to touch. So instead of making it something forbidden that we're taking away and we can't let them have it and then we're going to scream at them, you give them stuff they can touch and then they're touching that. 
All right. So you get to choose. And I mentioned before in the previous podcast about Ikea and stuff like that. But if you want more information on that, DM me or yes, inshallah, we're going to come up with some lists of things and put that on our global village as well. You're going to see a lot of resources there, guys. So I'm really excited. We're building those every day. All right. So understanding personal possessions is another huge thing. Um, they're definitely motivated by their own desires and they definitely understand that certain things such as food or whatever can be theirs alone, even toys, right? So they're going to do a lot of mine. It's mine. And I'm sure you've started to hear that already, all right? And they understand that they can have one item to themselves now. And so they're so excited about that that they're just going to keep saying it over and over, just like the no word. So just notice that anything new that they've learned or discovered that they can do, they're just going to be repeating it almost to the point of like stress for you sometimes if you don't recognize the fact that it's normal and it's natural, okay? So the more we understand that that's totally developmentally normal and that's just going to pass. See, most of toddler phases are like, it's like a calm storm or sometimes a crazy storm, right? But these are things that are going to pass. There's that saying, right? This too shall pass, right? So it's a matter of us managing our feelings and reactions while it exists and then it will pass, right? So anyway, um, the other cool thing that two-year-olds like to do is they like to play make-believe. I love to watch this stuff. And you're going to hear them talking to themselves or doing like this pretend play with like cooking or tools or characters. You're going to find them doing so many cool things. So that's a new thing that they do, which is lovely. And um, they also love sensory experiences. They're going to love to squish stuff with their hands and water and mud and Play-Doh and paint. Again, it's part of their growth. It is natural. So you might find their little fingers and your flower and fluffing it all over the place. And that is just so exciting for them and not exciting for you to clean up all over the kitchen floor. Guys, it's normal. So this is my advice to you. If they have this need and we know that they have this need, then give them access to do that in a controlled way that you're okay with. So for example, sensory bins, and you can look this up on Google, just Google it and you'll find a million things. Sensory bins are really amazing for toddlers. Just make sure there's not teeny weeny small stuff they could choke on, use big items. But having stuff where there's like water or sand or squishy Play-Doh or moon sand or like whatever it is, and they could actually, they'll sit in there for like 30 minutes sometimes, like longer than they should be able to sit. And you throw in some toys in there. You'll see, like I said, just Google it. But especially when you need your kid to be um, a little bit, you know, more occupied because you find that they're just all over the place and touching everything. If you give them a sensory bin, they're going to stop going through your cabinets a little bit more. Not completely. (laughs) You know, either way, you need to get those locks. But the point is, it's going to make it a lot easier for you. So just know that these are totally normal, like growth things that happen. Just have to throw these in there so you can understand what is normal and to be expected. And once it's normalized, what I need you to do in the mindset shift that I mentioned is, understand that we need to manage our emotions and our reactions now that we know that this is totally part of their growth and okay. All right. So let's get on to some things that we could do and how we can discipline a quote unquote discipline a two-year-old a bit better. Um, So offering limited choices is really important. I mentioned that to you before. Now that they realize they can do stuff on their own, they want to do stuff on their own. They definitely need you to, um, you know, allow them to have like, you know, be their own person in a sense. But we know we can't totally do that because they're just two. So I mentioned before about letting them choose between two acceptable options, you know, in 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 any way. It could be two shirts, two towels, whatever. Make them feel empowered. They love it. You'll have less fights with them. Number two, be consistent in your follow through, guys. This is critical. I'm dead serious. 
today you're going to be, you know, this kind of a parent. And tomorrow you're like, oh, I'm just tired. I don't got, I don't forget it. Let it, just let him play with the iPad for 10 hours. Just let him play with the iPad for 10 hours. I just can't be bothered. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay. Why? Because you're going to start to create a child who's confused, right? Today you said from now on, we're only doing 45 minutes of iPad a day. And now you have him on there in a day. You don't feel like dealing with him for like 10 hours. And then I'm not just joking, but some people are like, they actually leave him on there for most of the day. So let's be honest. So this is not good. And I'm going to do maybe a whole episode on electronics a different time. I'm not going to go into that. But the point of now is once you establish a rule, keep it consistently. If you don't, you will suffer. <laughs> That's just the bottom line. All right. Because they're confused. You made a rule and then you broke it. So if they cried and then finally you gave it to them, they know if I just cry and cry and cry and cry, she's going to give it to me next time because one time she gave it to me. And maybe this time I cried five times and next time I'll just cry six times or seven times or eight times until I get what I want. So they follow your patterns. They're totally picking up. There are a lot of nonverbal cues that we give that they can totally pick up on and different things. So definitely stay consistent. The next one is find a balance, guys, between playing with them and reprimanding them. And this is one I learned a lot, especially when you find your child is just out of control and they're just really moody every day. A lot of times what they're missing is just those loves and cuddles and stuff. So what I find is a lot of time when moms get really busy with their work and they get really consumed or with anything or they're stressed out in certain things in their life, and they're not playing with their kids as much. They're going to find that their kids act out a lot more. And when your kids act out a lot more, the last thing you want to do is hug and cuddle and play with them. And I get that. But they might be missing that need because you've now taken it away. And that's why they're so moody. So we need to have this balance where we keep like put it in your calendar, put it in your planner. Like I'm going to play with my child's undivided attention for 30 minutes a day. I have it like that in my planner because you don't realize how fast the day goes. And you're like, oh, tomorrow tomorrow. I know some of you guys know what I'm talking about, right? So put it in your planner, have a specific time for it. At 2.30, I'm going to drop everything and play with Ahmed, whatever it is. Pencil, pen it in for the sake of, of their rights. You know, they, they have rights, guys. We have to put them in front. We had them for a reason, right? And then the thing for us is hard for me with parents is a lot of parents want to complain all about their kids, but I'm like, but you had them for a reason. So you can't not show them the love and affection that they have a right to just because it's getting hard for you. So we have to figure out a way. And that's why I'm here with the tools. So no worries. So the other thing is sometimes they can't stop themselves from, from repeating in a, inappropriate behavior. So what you might notice is your kid can't stop doing something like whatever it is, like taking a spoon and banging it or whatever, or like, you know, you know, pushing another child. And sometimes these can be dangerous or hurtful situations and we need to stop them immediately. So the best thing we can do is to like physically just remove the object from the child or our child from this situation entirely. Do not spend a ton of time talking to them and bargaining with them. I see a lot of parents do that. Don't do that. It's a two-year-old. They will not um, walk out willingly, by the way, they might be screaming out of the grocery store. Whatever it is, guys, just take them away. And this is another thing, like the mom guilt and the mom shame of like my kids not behaving in a store. Who cares? All right, let me say it again. Who cares? That lady's staring at you and whispering about you and shaking her head and not, you know, swinging her little finger like, oh, you know, what kind of a mom are you? Who cares? As long as you're doing things in the right way, just do things in the right way. Don't worry about everybody else's judgment. They're going to judge you anyway because that's what women do, right? And we're so not for that as Muslim women. So we're not going to judge them back. We're just going to not even make eye contact. They don't exist. We're taking care of our child right now. Their first priority, all right? So no worries about all that. 
The other thing I will say is, okay, so the tantrums, like I said, I'm not going to get too crazy into the tantrums, but I will say that they, um, you definitely need to go check out that podcast if you're struggling with tantrums with the three steps, life-changing. We're, we're handling tantrums wrong, much like what I talked about with the mirroring in the beginning. So please do check that one out. I will try to link it below. I'm not going to get into sleeping or childcare because honestly, guys, I'll have to do entire other podcasts on these, but I will address a couple more behavioral issues right now as we're closing to let you know what you can do with those. Inshallah, business data. I think as I'm looking through my notes, I am going to cover some... By the way, I just want to remind you, keep thinking about your role as being a good role model and whatever behavior you don't want them to do, don't do it yourself. And that includes screaming and being angry and, and violent, you know, because that's just what they're going to be. They're just going to mirror you and that's what they do. So as much as I just want to say something about behavioral issues, as much as we want to ensure that they're behaving amazing when they're not around us, you can only do your best, especially when you're dropping them off to family. And I know family's a hard one, guys. I get it. You're going to set your rules and then they're going to do whatever they want. I've dealt with that before. Um, but basically just try your best to find Find out your child's version of the story of whatever happens. I'm not saying don't completely listen to the adult every time. I'm just saying that they too have their own frustrations and perspective. It's really worth it just to also ask your child what happened. And if there is is a way where you can enroll, you know, just involve your child in the plan you have for the other caregiver, try to a little bit, you know, in terms of a role play of how we're going to behave when we go to see um, Sara, when she takes care of us today, what are we going to say when we see her? What are we going to say when we don't want something? You know, role playing is really, really helpful. And preparing for the, for dropping her off and just making sure that, you know, they just feel like they have all their, their physical needs met before you do, it just really helps the caregiver to, you know, and just follow up, follow up. Maybe you want to call them during the day and you just want to make sure everything's going okay. You're doing the best you can. Right now with COVID, I know there's not a lot of caregiving in the traditional sense, but we're going to do our best. Um, I want to say a little bit of something here about fear for those kids at this age. So right now, if you're two-year-old, all of a sudden they're going to come up with a lot of fears, fears they never had before. It could be things like, um, you know, you know, bugs or all of a sudden they're afraid of like the dark and there's going to be certain things that they're afraid of. And it is totally normal at this age. Again, it's a phase. It'll pass. Um, some kids, you know, lose it faster than others, but you're just going to have to understand that your job is like I said in the beginning to soothe and empath uh, empathize with them and just kind of show them like, you know, how we're going to handle things. And that's basically all we can do. And another thing is they, they do want to be very involved with you, right? So they want to be a helper. And actually what I love about this age, if we could just like forget all the crazy stuff they're doing, they're just so sweet. They just really want to help. They're just so adorable and loving. Like this is the most innocent, loving time you're ever going to get. I know it might not feel like it every day, but every time you're angry with your kids, just stop for a minute and look at them. And just sometimes they just want to be with you. You're going to die for that when they're teenagers, guys. I'm telling you. I just want to cook with you, mommy. I just want to cut with you. I just want to sit with you. I just want to put the thing up with you. And you don't want them to touch the thing because you know they're going to break it or they're going to slow you down. Guys, they just want to help. They're such great helpers. If you don't want them to help with the thing you're helping, make up a pretend thing they could help up with. So I was telling this to my husband the other day. So sometimes, you know, my, my son is with him and he just wants to do everything. And some of it's not safe. And we've explained that, but he just 
dying to be helpful. So I told my husband, like, make up a task that you don't really need done. Like, you know, taking napkins and wrapping them around the forks and like something, you know, that would be like horrible to undo, but just give them a task to do. They're just dying to help. So that's one way to get them out of your hair, but in, in a nice way. They definitely want to climb up counters and things like that. So you might want to get them a safe stool. You might want to get them um, special knives or special knives on Amazon for cutting. I don't have the link right now, but there's definitely ones that are like, I forget they're plastic, but they're not made of plastic. One of you guys can, um, DM me. I I bought them so long ago for my kids. I can't remember anymore. But there's special ones that they're like, they're made of a type of a plastic and they actually cut, but they don't cut fingers, but they cut food. It's really cool. So you can get stuff like that so they could still be involved and safe. Um, They're definitely going to touch all the knobs on your cabinets and your oven. So you're just going to have to put safety locks and stuff like that. Keep it super safe. And, um, you know, just things like that. You're just going to have to watch out. But let me tell you some things to do when your child says no to you specifically. I know that's a hard one for moms. So let me tell you what to do. I want you to decide quickly what is not allowed or allowed with your child because you you don't want to get into a huge battle of refusal with them. You know, just remind yourself and remind the child what's allowed and not allowed. And you're going to offer an alternative if possible. If they just can't get over it, you're just going to physically remove them. And you're definitely going to empathize with them. I know you just like are so and probably annoyed with their behavior right now, but you're going to have to say, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I know how that feels. You're mad right now. You're mirroring and all that stuff. And be prepared for the tantrum. And you're okay, guys. You're fine with the tantrum because we have the three steps to diffusing the tantrum. Check that one out still, right? But let me tell you what you're not going to do. You're not going to let the situation drag on. You're not going to keep you know, talking and talking and talking to your child about the situation. You're not going to use sarcasm. I know that's a hard one for some women. You're not going to laugh. You're not going to try to reason or negotiate. They can't understand that stuff at this age. And you're not going to ignore them and say they'll get over it. Nope, not acceptable either. And you're not going to allow your emotions to get out of control. All these things are super key in order to raise a healthy and wonderful Muslim child. So I just wanted to make sure those were all super clear. Lastly, let's just talk about the messes. You're going to do your best to contain messes, guys. It's not going to be the easiest things to do. But what I want you to understand for the most part, you're going to have to try to make some rules and just follow through with them. All right. And don't forget, I'm going to put all the links in below in the uh, pot for in the uh, show notes for all the podcasts. Don't forget to get on the list for the membership, guys, so you can get on the global village like network of sisters that I have going on and all the treasure trove and all that stuff that I have going on and the free resources and all that stuff. Because once it opens in August, it's going to be a limited amount of founding members. And I promise you, you're going to want to get on that list. All right. Love to talk to you guys. If you have any other questions, DM me on Instagram. I'm getting these amazing stories from you guys about all of your explorations with the new tools that I've been giving you. I love it. I love it. Keep sending some, even if you want to send me some pics, I'll put them up on my Instagram of you having some success stories. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us and can't wait to talk to you in the next podcast. Inshallah, wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.